Taylor Johnson has special. Before she gets here, tonight we have Brother Evan with us. Really probably doesn't need an introduction, so he's going to come after Taylor sings and share with us what's going on at MBSF in Magnolia and bring us God's Word tonight.
evening. It is very good to be back here at Promised Land this evening. Um, I wish I had more opportunity to come back and see you all. I hadn't even had a chance to uh, say hi and shake everyone's hand quite yet. I only made it to this section here, I think. I never progressed any farther over, but uh, I'm sure I'll have a chance to say hi to everyone before we're done here tonight. I'll try not to go too long to give us plenty of time afterwards, but uh, um, I want to talk for just a minute to tell you a little bit about what's going on at MBSF over there in Magnolia. As you know, when I left here, that's where I was going to uh, sort of rebuild the work there on the campus of Southern Arkansas University. Um, It had dwindled down to just Almost nothing. We had, uh, there were three students there whenever I got there, uh, three uh, girls um, who are, as of this year, all three of them are gone. So we've made it through that whole cycle for the first time, or first time since I've been there. But I got there, there were three students, three girls that were still uh, plugged into MBSF. And um, so I started with the three of them, and, uh, and God has just blessed since we've been there. This last semester, uh, we were running in the mid-20s most of the time, um, and it was just a great group. We actually, this last year, we uh, more than doubled the group that we had the year before, just in uh, the group of freshmen that the Lord brought us this last year, and um, and some of the newer students that, that got into the work and got excited and started bringing their friends, and uh, it was just a really exciting year, which makes this next year seem all that much more exciting, looking forward to the things that we're going to be able to do now that we have a little bit more of a student base to draw from. We have a a couple of students that um, have musical talent, uh, some that sing, a couple that play the guitar and one that plays the drums. And uh, so for the first time this year, we're going to be able to have a little bit of music uh, along with our Tuesday night MBSF meetings, which has just been in the past. Um, We show up, we eat, and we open the Bible and, and spend about 30 to 45 minutes just uh, uh, just in a really good Bible study, which has been a blessing, um, but I'm looking forward to have that extra element of, of having some music there as well. Um, so we're going to be starting that up this year, and uh, also several new things, again, just with the group that we have. Um, we're going to be this year, I've been talking to uh, Brother Joey Grapp, who a lot of you I'm sure know. Uh, Brother Grapp is working at a mission in Louisiana right now. Uh, we're going to be going this fall to uh, to help out there with his work. And then we'll have another mission trip next summer. We try to do one every summer. And um, still working with the 516 missions out of Pauline and uh, Monticello to uh, get a date and a destination and, and get all of those details worked out. Um, but it's one of the great opportunities that MBSF provides college students is the chance to sort of get out of their comfort zone and go on these mission trips and and see churches, new churches working in different areas and and uh, get some hands on experience with those churches. Um, So we're going to be doing that. We're going to be doing a lot more on campus. Last year and the last three years, we've really had to focus on the students that we've had because we didn't have enough to to turn outward. Where this year we're going to be changing that a little bit and uh, start doing some things on campus. Um, of course, we have in the past and will again this year help with move-in day, which is all the freshmen show up on one day to move into their dorms. It's 
it's crazy, really. But uh, we'll be there on campus um, helping them with the move furniture and boxes from their cars to their dorms. And while we are helping them, we have a, a great opportunity to tell them who we are and about where our building is on campus and when we meet. Give them uh, some information about what we do. And uh, every year we've gotten at least a couple of students, uh, a few students to come by and visit us because of that. Um, so we'll start off with that. We'll also have um, a couple weeks in, we'll do what's called a dorm storm. And I'm really excited about this, too, because it's mostly the students doing all the work, which is totally new. Um, and it's uh, only the students are able to actually get into the dorms to hand out information about organizations about MBSF. And so I haven't been able to do it in the past, but now that we have a little bit of a student group to work with, we'll be able to go in a couple weeks after semester start and just fill the dorms with flyers with with information about MBSF and hopefully make a few more contacts that way. Um, but of course, most of the people that visit MBSF come because a friend comes to MBSF and they got drug along or bribed or whatever it takes. We, they get their friends to come along with them. And um, and we we grow that way. That's how it worked last year, the year before. And that's that's how we see the numbers is through those personal connections. And so it, you just never know who the Lord's going to bring us. Uh, as of right now, I know of six students from ABA churches that are coming onto the campus that I've already talked to and plan to come and visit MBSF. And so it's... It's a, a great start already. Really looking forward to this year and everything that um, that we're able to start up. And um, we'll, we'll just see where it goes. Hopefully I can come back a year from now and say we've more than doubled our group again. And, and we're just excited to move forward. Um, but whatever the Lord has for us, I'm sure it'll be great. And I, I'm excited to see it. Um, and uh, we are going to have to um, we're stepping up our deputation a little bit more this year. Um, which means I've got to, I'm going to be going and visiting other churches, uh, just any that will take me, pretty much. I'm going to be going in and seeing them. And uh, once school starts back, well, I'll have a few more. These are the faithful that, that came with me today, uh, the three girls from Magnolia that just loaded up in a van with me. And glad to have Jeremy. He's from here in Hamburg. Um, and so they were able to be here. Uh, we'll have a few more once school starts back. But um going to have to go and visit some churches, send out a lot of letters. We lost, um, this year we lost four supporting churches. Um, most of our support there at SAU comes from small churches in, in our area who have sent students there. And um, a lot of them have been supporting us for years and years. And they're just smaller congregations, aging congregations. And they have just had to cut back. Uh, over the last couple of years. And so we've lost several supporters. And uh, so we're, we're trying to, to get some more support to help us out. So we're able to continue to do um, what we've been doing as well as as we get new students. Uh, obviously, expenses just go up. And so um, right now, our regular meeting times are Tuesday nights. We meet. We have a meal. Uh, we had a lady volunteer this last year to take care of our Tuesday night meal, and it has been such a blessing because it's one less thing that I have to think about. And uh, she's done a great job of uh, providing a meal for all of our students. We uh, have a full meal Tuesday night and then have the Bible study I, I told you about. Our last semester, we went through the book of Proverbs and just spent the whole semester uh, digging out all the, the richness that's there in Proverbs, the practical wisdom, and um, had a good time in that. This year, as I said, we're adding the music element and uh, we're going to be looking at um, 
Uh, the teachings of Jesus, the, the theme is what Jesus demands from us. And uh, so looking forward to getting into that with the students. And then in the spring semester, sort of a tradition that I started when I got there. Um, so it's my own personal tradition. It's, I feel grounded now. Anyway, our, our tradition there is in the spring semester, we focus on evangelism. We try to look out, talk about reaching other students and uh, reaching the, the people around us. And so we're going to be doing that once again this year, and that's a small part of the plan. It's all that comes to mind right at the moment. Um, I'm sure there's plenty I've left out, and if you have any questions at all, feel free to ask me. I'd, I'd love to answer questions. It, re- it reminds me of everything I'm forgetting. So uh, feel free to ask, and let me tell you more about MBSF work. Um, it, it really is going great, and um, that's all I can think of. I know there was more, but I didn't write that part down. I wrote down the verses I want to look at, and so we'll go ahead and get to that. Uh, If you would, open your Bible. Oh, I know one thing I forgot. Back there on the back table, uh, we have some prayer cards printed up. If you would, take one of those and uh, put it on your refrigerator, stick it in your Bible, whatever it is you you can do to remember us, and uh, just say a prayer for me, a prayer for these students, and um, just just continue to lift us up, because it is a... A difficult place to be a Christian there on a college campus, especially for uh, young Christians like these students coming on campus. So be in prayer for them and uh, just keep us on your heart. I have some verses I would like to share. Um, You can go ahead and be turning to Philippians chapter 4. If you would turn there in your Bibles. I'm going to share a few verses, and these were verses I pulled out, um, just five verses that... Every college student should know before they come to college. That's, that was the idea I was going with, partly because I have a tr- trouble remembering anything that doesn't relate to college ministry anymore, because it's been three years and everything else has kind of faded. Uh, so that's pretty much my focus, but um, these are five verses, uh, great for students to know coming on campus, great for anyone to know. They're probably, hopefully, verses that you're familiar with, and so as we look at them, uh, we will... You'll remind yourself of the truth that is there and uh, maybe even uh, think about it in a new way. If you're not familiar with them, then it's a privilege for me to get to introduce you to them. So we'll start in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. This is a great verse. Again, it's one you're probably familiar with. Um, Be careful for nothing. And uh, those of you who have studied this verse know that when it says be careful for nothing, um, it it takes the original meaning of the word careful, which is simply full of care. It's talking about worry or anxiety. And if you have ever been a part of a student coming onto a college campus, you know that the anxiety is taken to a whole new level on a college campus from the time you enter the application process if uh, you could talk to Taylor, uh, Taylor, not Reese, Taylor Welchman, um, she is transferring to SAU this semester and has had all kinds of headaches trying to get SAU to, to find all of her information. And I think last week she finally got it all worked out. So she is enrolled as a student at SAU. But um, and so 
just getting into a college campus, there's anxiety, there's stress involved, and that's before the studying, the tests, the finals, uh, all of those things even come into play. And so stress goes to a whole new level for students whenever they're on their own, responsible for those um, for keeping up with homework, keeping up with assignments, keeping up with tests. And so it's important to have uh, a way to handle that stress that comes along. And uh, of course, you all know that a lot of that doesn't change. Whenever you leave college, there, the stress just, it just keeps going. If you let yourself, that anxiety, that stress, that being full of care for whatever it is around you, it just, it can get worse and worse if you allow it to. But Paul here in this verse, this is Paul writing uh, to the Philippians, he, he gives us an alternative to that. He says, don't worry about anything. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made unto, known unto God. And so the alternative that he gives us, there's worry and there's stress on this side. And over on this side, we have prayer and thanksgiving, which are polar opposites. You, you can't have both of them existing in your life or you're doing something one or the other wrong, I promise. Because if you are praying the way you're supposed to be praying, and how does the Bible say you're supposed to pray? There's a verse, it's... Uh, Great short little verse or phrase that we like to throw out. It's simply pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And this is something I always think it's funny that people have a hard time with that idea of pray without ceasing. How could you possibly pray without ceasing? I mean, you, you have to sleep at some time. You, you have to eat. You have to think about all of these other things. How can you spend all of your time pray, uh, praying? And I think this verse sort of gives us the clue. Because if you have something really difficult in your life, something very stressful in your life, do you have to worry about stressing or worrying without ceasing? No, it, it comes pretty naturally. We worry without ceasing whenever we have something in our life that is, that is weighing down on us. We worry about it constantly, even whenever we're not thinking about it. It's still back there in, in our mind, causing our, us to have stomach aches and headaches and causing us to lose sleep. And so we can worry without ceasing for any number of reasons. And Paul says that we can pray in the same way, even if it's not a conscious thought, even if we're not walking around mumbling to ourselves all the time. We can pray. We can have that spirit of prayer in our life the same way we could have that spirit of worry. And so we're exchanging one thing that is bad for us, that is bad for our health and bad for our mental well-being. We can set that aside and fill in that gap with something that is, is truly a blessing for us, and that is prayer. And so that's what God gives us to counter stress in our life is prayer and thanksgiving. Another, well, if you finish that verse right there, it, it gives us the benefit um, of that sort of prayer there in verse 17. Not 17, 7 makes much more sense. Um, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So if you do this, if you set aside stress, set aside those worries, fill in that gap with prayer and thanksgiving to God, then you will have peace that you can't even understand until you get it. You can't even explain it to somebody because it's that foreign to a life that's filled with stress. It's that foreign to someone who doesn't have prayer to fall back on. And so that's what we have waiting for us if we take the wisdom in this verse and apply it. The next verse is 2 Timothy 3.16. Some of you heard that and thought, oh, I don't even have to look it up. 2 Timothy 3.16 is just a great old Sunday school, Bible school verse. 
It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's it's a term that we throw around quite a bit here in church, that the Bible is the inspired word of God, that men of God were inspired to write scripture. We we use that a lot, but uh, hopefully you're aware of the meaning behind that, to be inspired. Anybody? We've got some good Sunday school teachers out here that can tell me what inspired means. Anybody? Shout it out there. Go ahead. God breathed. I, I heard it from someone out there. I won't. Call anyone out. It's God breathed. That's exactly right. Uh, we talk about it. Well, it comes from, uh, well, even those who aren't Sunday school teachers are familiar with respiratory. We're, it's another word we use to respire. It's breathing in and out. We use the word inspired means to breathe in. Anybody know what it means? How you say to uh, breathe out? Anybody? Inspire. Now, I was trying to trick someone into saying outspire, which is completely wrong. Um, expire is the opposite of inspire and expire. One of the interesting things about this is we talk about God breathing, uh, God um, breathing the word, about God inspiring the word. But if God breathed out, then it would be expire. And you obviously couldn't say that God expired because that would really confuse people. Um, but when it says that the word of God is inspired, it doesn't mean that God breathed. It doesn't mean that God breathed in, that he inhaled. It means that God breathed into his word. And which should, at least it did for me, uh, thinking about God breathing into something called to mind another event way back at the beginning of the Bible where God breathed into the man he had created. God breathed life into Adam. And then here it talks about the word of God, God breathing into his word. He breathed life into his word and anybody well it says plainly in the bible that the word of god is living and active and you learn that as you study the bible and the way uh, the meaning it's always there but it comes to us in completely different ways where in different times in our lives that the word of god speaks to us in a way that no other book can it's because it's alive it has been breathed by god and so we have the inspired word of god here And it is inspired and it is profitable. It is powerful for us. It says that it's profitable. Go back to my verse. Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Now, I worked hard on this part, so pay attention. It has power to confirm the truth, power to convict of sin, power to correct what is wrong, and power to continue in righteousness. That took me all of like 30 minutes, so I hope you're impressed. I needed one more C. I don't know. Okay. But it has power to uh, confirm the truth, that to um, profitable for doctrine, to give us a grounding of truth that we need to be able to face anything that comes at us, which is especially important whenever you're going somewhere new, somewhere different, like a college campus. You need that grounding in doctrine, that grounding in truth. It has the power to reprove or to convict us of sin, to tell us when we're wrong, which is also important whenever you're off on your own and you need to know whenever something you've gotten yourself into is somewhere you need to be. The Bible can tell you all about it. And if you read it, it will tell you. But not only that, it is has the power to correct, to get us from 
where we are, where we said, hey, Bible says this is wrong. What do I do now? It's there. It can get us back on the right path and then it can help us continue in righteousness. And from the point we get back on the right path, it can guide us straight on to wherever God wants us to be. And so it's an amazing book, but we do have to spend time in it to be able to get all of that profit. It's profitable, but only if you work through it. And that grounding, same way with prayer, it's something that has to be started. Well, it doesn't have to be, I guess, but it would be much more benefit for the students that come to campus if they had those habits of speaking to God and allowing Him to speak to them through His Word. If they could have that before they come onto a college campus, then it would save them so much trouble and so much grief being there if they had that kind of a relationship with God. It's something that I see it as my job to try to encourage in them. In fact, this semester, something else we're starting, and y'all can't tell anybody who's not here because this is a surprise. Um, we're going to be starting what uh, what I'm calling um, discipleship groups, which is anybody who wants to part of our um, any part of our MBSF students that want to. Um, we're going to set aside time for just small groups of, of two or three students meeting together with me or some of the other leaders that I have there and just simple Bible study, going through the Word of God, taking time to write down what we find, and then we'll meet for 30 minutes at, at some point during the week and talk about what we found just to, um, just to ingrain in them the importance of spending time in God's Word. And so it's something I'm, I'm really looking forward to starting, that uh, the idea of discipleship and, and teaching them not only what God's Word says, but teaching them to get into the Bible and find those things for themselves. And so something else you can be praying uh, about for us is those discipleship groups as we start those this year. All right, so there is talked about praying we've talked about reading god's word the next one is in first corinthians 10 13 first corinthians 10 13 the thing of supreme importance and one of the first thing that that comes to uh many people's minds whenever they think of uh, college campus in fact i there's one student in our church that I, i had talked to um who was a very concerned about going to college uh in another year, very concerned about going to college because of just the stories and just the reputation that college campuses have for the sin that you find, the temptations that you find on a college campus. And he was very concerned um, of what he would find there and that he wouldn't be strong enough to face those things when he got there and that he would be pulled away from what he knew was right because he was surrounded by those things. And so temptation um, it's something else that is just amped up to a new level on a college campus that a lot of kids are not prepared for. But this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, says, There has no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Now, the assumption that's built into this verse is simply that you will be tempted. <laughs> There's no denying that. There's no getting around it. You will be tempted wherever you are in life. If you stay at home, if you go to college, if you go to work, wherever you are in your life, temptation will find you. Uh, because Satan's not content to let you sit and stew and 
read your Bible, pray every day. And he's not content to let that go. He will find you with those temptations. But the interesting thing is the Bible tells us that there is no unique sin. As special as we like to feel sometimes, the temptations that we face are the same temptations that the world has been plagued with since Adam and Eve. Uh, Satan doesn't get any new uh, any new tools in his toolbox. He can dress them different ways and they can he can make them shiny for you. But it's nothing new. Everything that we face can be found in the Bible. Uh, Some people take the verse um, and, and break it down into three different kinds. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life. Some people like to break them into those categories um, more and more lately. I've. Um, I felt that it can it all really comes down to one thing, and that is what do you love more yourself or God? Because the first and primary commandment is to love God with everything that you are. And so anything that you do away from that is choosing what you want to do over what God wants to do. And for that little bit, you're loving yourself more than you're loving God and everything else falls under that category. And so. Whatever it is, there are no unique sins. Anything that we face can be found in the Word of God. It's something that we can find an answer for. But God is faithful. Amen and amen. God is faithful. Anything that we face, uh, God is there with us. God has the answer for us. And He tells us what the answer is. He's, we are told in this verse to escape from sin. We're not told to overcome sin. We're not told to face sin. We're not told to stand in the way of sin and to fight it to show everybody else how strong we are. We're told to escape sin. Uh, Immediately what comes to my mind is the story of Joseph where he was tempted by Potiphar's wife. And his response to temptation was to hit the door, to turn and run the other direction. And I think that's what God has in mind for us whenever it says to escape sin. It says at some point, whatever the situation is, whatever the temptation is, you'll see the opportunity to get away from it. To turn tail and run and get as far away from that sin as you can. And that's exactly the answer that God points to. It's not always convenient. It's not always the easy thing to do. It's not always the cool or popular things to do. Uh, people aren't cool anymore. I don't know. I still use the word. But um, it's, not, it's not always uh, the, what seems like the best option. It's not always what we want to do, but that is the choice that God gives us. And there's always a choice because God commands us to do otherwise. It's just like when it comes to worrying. You have a choice not to worry because God commands us not to do it. So if you're doing it, you're disobeying. You're choosing to do it. And facing these temptations is the same way. God tells us we're to flee from those things, to get as far away from them as we can. And and that he will always provide that way of escape. The next one, we're going to go... Back to the Old Testament for this one. Proverbs chapter 27. This is number four if you're keeping count. So we're, we're on the downhill side. Number four, Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 17. It says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. It's a nice short one. A nice little uh, pithy statement to to. Uh, sink our teeth in the, into as much of Proverbs is. Like I said, we spent a lot of time in Proverbs, and, and this is a great one. I like this one because at MBSF, this is what we are all about, is finding and keeping the kind of friends that will hone you, that will sharpen you into being a better Christian than you are now. 
Now, of course, this verse has two sides, because if you're to be a good friend, then you have to do some sharpening, too. It's supposed to work both ways. Um, But we're told that we are to find the kind of friends that strengthen us. And, of course, we know it's not talking about, you know, mass building or anything. It's talking about strengthening us in our faith. It's talking about making us better Christians and making the people around us better Christians. And that's what good friends are supposed to be for. And hopefully MBSF is a, the kind of place where students can, can find the, those kind of friends. Um, in the book of Proverbs, there are a lot of people that the book of Proverbs tells us to stay away from. Uh, I counted, it, it's been a few months, but I counted when we were going through it 16 different type, uh, different kinds of people. And that's my count, so it may be completely wrong. But that's what I found, were 16 different kinds of people that the book of Proverbs tells us to stay away from. Um, a lot of different kinds, uh, sluggards, liars, gluttons, uh, the greedy, the flatter, uh, flatterer, the, uh, those that are quick to anger. All different kinds of people that we are told to stay away from. And... Um, All of those kinds of people that we stay away from, but we're also told that we are to seek out the people that can strengthen us. Uh, The next book over, Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 4, tells us us to pity the man who is uh, by himself, who doesn't have the strength of someone else to draw on, that uh, a threefold cord is not easily broken. That's not three. Threefold cord. It's not easily broken. Um, That we are to have those friends that we rely on, that we can count on. And um, to get us through any any difficult time, uh, if to, if one falls in a ditch, you pity the man that's by himself because he doesn't have a friend to pull him out. Um, and uh, that's the teaching of Scripture. Now, we also know that there is that friend, that friend that sticks closer than a brother. And ultimately, that's who we want to help students to find is that friend that can get them through any situation and is always there to strengthen them. And um, uh, but there is, is no doubt of the importance of. Uh, bringing around us people who can help us to serve and help us to be stronger. One last verse. Colossians chapter 3. There it is. I know the suspense was just killing you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And this one, of course, I had a list at least a mile long of five verses and, and five more and five more. There's so many great verses that you just want to share with everybody. And that you I, just memorize the whole Bible and you'll have what you need. Um, but I had to pick five. And so I kept narrowing it down. And I, stuck, I picked this one for the last one because it's just sort of a catch-all. Anything that we missed with the last few, we've got it right here. First, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, says, And whatsoever you do... In word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So there it is. Whatever you do, whatever you say, wherever you find yourself, do everything that you do to glorify God. And if you do that, then you'll be in pretty good shape. So, you know, it's it's that easy. Just this one thing. Everything that you do, do it for God. And... um, it's easy for us as we are living our life to, to make categories, to subdivide into, into boxes the different areas of our life. This is what I do for God and I go to church. I, I pay my tithes. I, I do all of these things and those are the godly things that I do. But then I also have to go to work and uh, then I have to uh, work in the garden and then I have to do whatever it is that fills up your time. It's easy for us to, to split those things up. And um, and we have those things that we do for God, those things that we do 
for worship, those things that we do uh, with Him in mind, and then there's everything else. And what God wants us to understand with this verse and with, with many others that we can find in the Bible, what we have to understand is that every single thing that we do, every part of our life should be directed to God, should be directed to worshiping God and lifting Him up. Whether it's in the attitude that we have while we do those things, whether it's in not letting anything escape our mouth that isn't um, encouraging and uplifting and, and positive, um, if it's the way we treat people, even the people that just annoy us, uh, it, however we show God's love for us, we are responsible to show that to other people. And we can do that in even the smallest, most seemingly insignificant ways. And that's how we show our love for God, is by giving Him everything. When He says He wants to be Lord of our life, He doesn't just mean the Lord of your life when you're at church on Sunday or the Lord of your life when you're singing hymns and praise songs. It's, he wants to be the Lord of all of your life. And that means giving Him everything. Part of that goes back to the praying without ceasing idea and letting Him replace everything in, you, in your life that is, is stressful or that pulls you away from Him. Just get rid of those things and allow God to fill up those gaps. Maybe it's spending the time in the Bible so that whenever He has something to say to you, he has something to draw from. Whenever we read our Bible, when we memorize Scripture, whenever we have these things on our heart and mind, it's like, it's like increasing your vocabulary. Because God speaks to us through His Word. And if He has something to say, He uses His Word. It's very few times in history has God ever spoken with an audible voice. Uh, we see it in the Bible, and there's several events back to back. And so it feels like, well, God used to do things this way, and now God does things this way. Well, even back then, he didn't do it all that often. I mean, a small percentage of people had the, the privilege, the amazing privilege of speaking to God or hearing from God directly. And so God speaks to people through his word. And if we allow ourselves to fill, fill up with the word of God, then he can speak to us that way. And he has that way to communicate what he has for us. And it all comes down to doing everything in our life his way. For college students, this is of ultimate importance. Uh, there's another verse, Psalm 127. I'm going to say that's right. Psalm 127, 1, that says, Except the Lord build a house, he that labors, labors in vain. That if everything that we do isn't built on a firm foundation of who God is and what he's done for us, then it's all wasted labor. It's, it's all built in vain. And so for a student coming onto a college campus, they are just beginning to build what their life will become. And it is of the utmost importance that before they get there, or at least while they're there, hopefully I can track them down, so that we can give them the kind of foundation that they can build their house and build it on the Lord, that they can build up their life in honor, glorifying God. And um, again, I, I ask that you pray for me. I ask that you pray for these students as this is the work that... I was I was brought to there in uh, in Magnolia. This is the work that that God has has given my life to work with these students and to try to give them that kind of a foundation in whatever way may come along. Sometimes it, it just means eating good food and playing volleyball. Sometimes it means having serious conversations about uh, spiritual issues or temptations in their life. So be in prayer for us as we're working there uh, on campus at SAU and. Um, 
and just continue to support us in that way. Thank you very much for letting me come and speak. And uh, it, it's a blessing to be here once again. Brother Trey.